You're listening to Band Geek with Richie Castellano on the Riotcast Network. Band Geek. I'm Richie Castellano. Hey. With me today, <laughs> with me today is Andy Ascalise on the drums. Hello. <laughs> My co-host Jarrett Muff Prespin on assorted percussion, percussion and mouth instruments. <laughs> and whatever, right? Using your mouth for something worthwhile today. Yeah. <laughs> My wife Anne Marie Castellano on the bass today. Hey. <laughs> Did your bass just whistle at you? That was a little yeah. sexy. Saucy. So smooth. Mine can do that too. Our audience member of one, the lovely and enchanting wizard, wizard, wizardess herself. Witch. Brandy, witch. Witch. That's that's a that's a female wizard, right? Yes, that's correct. I don't think that's right. I don't. I, I think, think only it, in Harry Potter. No, Here we go again. No, let's Witch. not go into this. All right. Brandy Metaxas. <laughs> hey. Hello, everyone. Sorceress. Sorceress. Well, that's, Ooh, what's a warlock? Sorceress is a good word. Yeah, what's a warlock? I'll a, talk to you about it later. That's an evil. That's a male witch. I'll talk to you about it later, all of you. Witches and warlocks, yes. And our very, very special guest today, <laughs> Mr. Rob Sprantz. Now, you might be asking yourself now, who the fuck is Rob Sprantz? I am too. Um, but I'm going to I'm going to give a little background on Rob and how I met him and how I know. But first of all, say hello to everybody, Rob. Hello, and thank you for waiting 90 fucking weeks to invite me here. I really appreciate it. <laughs> 90 weeks. Um, Rob, we is... saved 90. <laughs> 90 is a big number between Richie quitting and <laughs> with that, it's about 180 weeks. In, oh, in night, Rob, in 90 episodes, how many times has Richie said, "I don't know if I want to do this anymore"? Uh, 26 and a half. <laughs> To you, maybe. Yeah, the oh. half was on a voicemail, so I didn't count it. <laughs> well, Rob, what's your title at at Riotcast? Like, what's your official? I mean, I guess as founder, I started it. But like it's... Bobby Kelly and I, who's my partner in the network, Robert Kelly, he uh, we fight all the time about titles. He's like, uh, "What are you? What are you?" And I'm like, "I'm founder." He's like, "I want to be founder." I'm like, "Okay, you, uh, then I'm CEO." No, no, no I want to be CEO. <laughs> so I mean, I, I started it. I, I if you give it a title, it's founder. But who gives a shit? It's now, like, do you, and you run it too, right? Yeah, I run right? it. Um, so you know that I run it. Well, you interview me like you don't know me. <laughs> um, excuse me, but when you were teaching me how to do this, you said you have to assume the audience doesn't know and right, you have right, to right, ask point, questions. Point. Don't don't do what mommy says. Do what daddy says. <laughs> do as I say, and not as I do. All right, okay, I'm sorry. That's my mom. I'll shut the fuck up. <laughs> this is gonna be a great interview. Don't do what I'll shut up. Don't does. Um, so. So Rob's actually responsible for this whole thing. So if you like Band Geek, you really have to thank Rob because he was the the real guy who was the most instrumental in 
getting us to do this. Instrumental. So, thank you, Ralph. You're thanking me, you're blaming me. Column A, word column B. Yeah, you don't like Band Geek. You know, all the shows on the network are all my babies, but you know, this one has a little extra special something to it. Which is amazing because this has the lowest listenership out of all his shows. Say that shit. Why you say that shit? Doesn't that's not true, first of all, in my show. No, no. No, that's that's not true, but I will say this is that at the same time that I was thinking, you know, maybe Richie would want to do a show. I was writing him an email, and I got an email from him saying, hey, I've been thinking about doing a podcast. That's very true. And I called him like, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> like, you know, I got all like, whoa, dude, it's like cosmic. <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, you know, like um, I've, I've been to your live shows. I, I, you know, I, I watch all the videos. I listen to the podcast, too. It's it's. Phenomenal. So I'm proud of it. Who gives a shit what the numbers are? I don't care about the numbers. Sounds it's like we have bad numbers. That's coming at the top of the hill, Richie. I take special pride in this because I have no fucking talent. And to have somebody with talent on the network now, I'm like, all right. That's not true. I think you, you're you too hard on yourself. I think you, mm. you have plenty of talent. Yeah. But I think when – okay, let me give a little background information here. Rob, aside from running the entire network, he also has his own show on the network called – is it the hole or is it the glory it's hole the, again? It'll always be the glory hole to me. <laughs> we, we call it the hole and we want to have a, a female guest on that doesn't think she's going to be gang raped in, in the studio. <laughs> so, you know, we, we go back and forth. But um, when when you guys do musical episodes, which is like, you know, once every 20 or so, you guys will do a musical, like karaoke one mm-hmm. or something where someone sings. <laughs> and and the thing is, you guys are all, all have talent, but you you put yourself in the most unflattering light possible. It's like yes. the mix is like it's all vocal and the karaoke yes. track. So, well, that's so, the kind. Of, yeah, that's yeah, the point. Yeah, you you, you, per, you purposely sabotage yourself. So, so I'm like, like when you go to like the sushi restaurant and and you know like there's people there's like karaoke playing, right? And it's like it's nothing but vocal and like 1991 Casio <laughs> keyboard. It's exactly like that. Only the sushi made you sick. That's pretty much how it is. Like, so for example, like, when I listen to your song and uh, you, I mean, your 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 uh, podcast, and you guys are doing a musical episode, and you sing, mm-hmm. I can tell. Okay, Rob can sing. He has he has tone. He has pitch. He can do all these things, as opposed to say, Mister Peepee, right? Who is a frequent cast member of your podcast? Yes, Mister uh, Peepee is our deviant who uh, wears a S and M mask, and he's been known to masturbate in Starbucks bathrooms, which really <laughs> is one of the reasons why you have this podcast as well. So. <laughs> You know, it's all like it, everything kind of all goes back to Mr. Peepee's ejaculation. Basically. It's all just spawned this entire network. It's really what happened. Really the seed. But, yeah, it really is. Ah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, very well good. done. Well done. Well done. Um, but all right, you t- take when, that away from him immediately. Like for example, when he sings on those episodes, I could tell. Okay, this guy has no pitch, like no, no, no sense of he's tone deaf. Right, right? And that's the point. Right, you but know? when you sing it, <laughs> and that's why it's funny. When you sing, it's better. But the thing is, the way you guys would present it is just to not be better. And I know that. And so when you're listening to this, after hearing Rob sing on his podcast, don't think like, oh, they doctored it up to make him sound good. No, he's actually a good singer. He doctors it down to make it sound bad on his show. <laughs> well, so. I don't know about that either. There's a little middle ground there. But, you know, it's being, put it this I'm going to really... And the reason why you want to quit like every Equinox, whatever it is, like the reason why... <laughs> The reason why you want to quit so much is the same reason why that karaoke episode sounds bad. Because in my head, I'm like, you know what? We're going to load up the board. We're going to do two tracks on here, and then I'm going to be able to fix it. And the first time we did a karaoke, I did that. I did separate tracks. And now I'm like, ah, fuck it. Who gives a shit? It's fucking karaoke. And I got two stereo tracks, and one, and, and everything's going, and, and that's pretty much how it is. So, 
That's an interesting but, phenomenon you're, you're talking about because I've been noticing that with this show. Um, like when I first started, it would take me a long time to do the episodes, and that's why I was so like burnt out on them and, and, and angry mm. and angry all the <laughs> did time. Did you ever have? Did you ever get into an actual fight? Are over you it? kidding me? Really? Are ever? You kidding me? Like, like where one of you week? left and, and like, you know, Richie was out on the stoop and it was raining and he was waiting for you to open the door. <laughs> or? Oh my he God, just that would be so awesome. in the basement. No, that happened to me and Richie. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. You were, you were sitting on the, on the stoop? He was the first wife. I'm the second wife. Where I was out on the stoop I'm sorry, and it was I'm raining. I'm the third wife. I thought Andy was the first wife. <laughs> well, it was, it was probably Jarrett first, right? And then Andy was your second wife. Mm-hmm. I'm the trophy wife. And then, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I was the la- I'm the, the last wife. It's well, like he's got a blonde. Regardless of what kind of he's got a brunette. <laughs> he just still has to pay alimony to me. That's right. child support. Wow. That's all. No, but um, what the hell was I even talking about? The karaoke. Oh, no, how, like, how, 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 how you're you're giving me way too much credit and saying I intentionally make it sound bad when in reality it just fucking sounds bad. <laughs> but I'll take that. <laughs> no, but what, I, but what I've been noticing with this and with other things that I do, um, people kind of want to see the mistakes. Like yeah, like I've been doing. We've been doing less takes of songs. You know, I haven't been going as crazy with the editing. It's just like, it, this is what it is. You know, and like, for example, um, I tested that theory when I, because on this show now, every once in a while, I'll do a, just me live stream and I'll record a song from scratch, all the parts. Yeah, I've seen that. It was fantastic as well. Thank you. But the thing is, I was so nervous about that because I was like, I'm not a great drummer. Like I need like, or, or keyboard player. Like I need a lot of takes. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I did the Bohemian Rhapsody, that's, that's like hours and hours a week of just recording and multiple takes till I got mm-hmm. one that was good. You know what I mean? And then th- now I do it and I just leave him on and people are like, okay, whatever. I'm going to tell you why too. And I've said this to you a bunch of times. Like you guys, like, you know, look, Chris on my show is a musician. I don't call myself a musician. I call myself a guy that plays instrument and can kind of do something if I need to, or I can write a song just for a goof, but like, I'm not a musician. 90% of the people who are listening to your show are probably my level or Chris's level. Like you guys are so talented and you don't realize it. So what you think might be to yourself, like, oh, you know, nobody wants to hear me make a mistake. We do because we make the mistakes. So we want to see how you get past the mistake. And we want to see how, because it's it's a little, like when we, you, you guys put the videos out and they're fucking fantastic. And, you know, it just sickens me that you've come up to the studio and I've said, oh, you guys should play this and you don't know it and then within 30 seconds you know it. And normal people... It's freaky. Yeah, it's normal freaky. I don't know what's in the water in Staten Island but normal people don't fucking work that way. So like normal people like not only want to see, you know, you guys at your best which you are all the time when we watch but we also want to see what gets you to that point, you know, what, what gets you there. So... Don't ever think that, you know, fucking up or, or not being on point every note and, and all of that turns people off. It's the opposite. We're like, oh, okay, you know, like, how did they get past that? Or there are times that you guys <laughs> work human. stuff out. No, right. I'm totally with you. I agree with you 100%. It's funny. I just, so we just started school, right? So I have like 60 new people that I'm learning names of. First lesson is always, you know, we're talking about music and, you know, have you ever seen a concert? Like, I'm trying to like get answers out of these kids Mm -hmm. and we're talking about how you go to a concert it was like you ever been to a concert and somebody messes up what do they do Mm -hmm. like they're human it happens like it you i actually enjoy concerts way better when people mess up like Mm -hmm. i I saw the police once sting messed up all the words to king of pain and it was 
awesome. It was <laughs> yeah. so awesome. I was like, you are human like me. You are not a god set on the earth. What you, about when people mess themselves? <laughs> no, that was a, that was some stuff that the kids were talking about too. Like I how like one of the Jonas times, Brothers like so yeah. puked on himself. Justin Bieber puked on himself on yeah. stage First and then peed on kept going. Right. Why? Christina Aguilera, didn't she like crap herself? See, these are shows I wish I saw. You know? <laughs> See, like if you guys crap oh, yourself, I'm in. I'm all in. I'm in. I'm in it to win it. No, um, but, but seriously, like you, you guys have to. You don't understand how talented you are, and that's what also is endearing is that you guys don't get that normal people do not go. Oh, I heard this. Let's oh, it's this. It's this because I've just seen you do it, and it's disgusting. No, it's comforting. It's right. comforting. You're like, oh God, you're human. Oh, thank God. <laughs> right. Oh, thank God, because they freak me out too. These the two of them. Right. I, can't, well, I can't handle it. I, I have I, I have this like weird little bubble I live in where everybody I know is a musician. And even the people that aren't musicians are musicians. Like Jarrett isn't really a musician, mm-hmm. but I tell if I could, I tell him play eighth notes on that. He goes okay, and he knows what I'm talking because he he understands the vocabulary. Like even my 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 younger sister who doesn't call herself a musician like can pick up a trumpet and play blazing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like it's just I've, I'm in this bubble. Like the only non-musician I really know is, is Brandy. But you know I don't know. No like, Brandy, I guess. Brandy, nah. But, but you know what? Like but when I. When I watch these especially, every single time I watch, I'm like, who is that guy on the bass? I don't know him. And he's... <laughs> Who's that guy on the, on the keyboard? <laughs> Everybody who shows up here, like, what is going on? Like, do you have some kind of incubation down in the basement? Like, where you're, like, these musicians are just coming out of pods and just know what the fuck to play? Well, Staten Island gets a bad rap, but... Um, I know a lot of really talented no, people here. <laughs> there's an outrageous amount of music happening on Staten Island, and there's nowhere to play it. Yeah, well, it's really what happens. People do podcasts and live streams and stuff like that because <laughs> you know, screw the venues. I know, I know, but but like that's the thing that always fascinated me. Is everybody who ever sits in is like, and it's not even like, hey, this is the guy. He's a session musician. It's like, hey, this is Jerry from the deli, and yeah. now he's like. <laughs> Going on. I met this guy at the gym. Oh, <laughs> right. oh man, you can't book that guy. That guy plays everywhere. <laughs> Thank you for the ham sandwiches and for the solo on uh, Stay Away Heaven. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Bro, feel hot um, So, okay, when did you, when did you start Riot Cast? Was it was it, did you have the podcast first? I had the podcast first. Now, yeah. what made you? Now, you weren't you know like a career radio person, are you? No, I I did. Uh, I was. On the Howard Stern roundtable a whole bunch of times. I'll go back just a little bit. So I was in for, when Howard Stern moved to Sirius, they were looking to hire someone to edit all of the old tapes when he got the rights to the tapes back. And I'm listening to them talking about it. And I'm like, you know, that'd be so fucking cool to do that job. You know, meanwhile, when you You're think about it. You're just a fan at this point. I'm just a fan. That's it. And you, you have know, editing skills from being fan, a, a musician and stuff right, like that. Right, from yeah. being a quote unquote musician and being able to edit some shit. So I just, for the fuck of it, just sent a resume in. And the 4th of July, their program director at the time, Tim Sabian, leaves me a message on my voicemail and says, hi, this is Tim Sabian from the Howard Stern Show. I got your resume. Please give me a call. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I don't know. I called him, and he's like, you know what? Uh, I, I like, you know, we just talked a little bit. He's like, can you come in tomorrow at 5 a.m.? Because I guess they're all there early. And I was like, I'll be there. So, you know, I got on the train. I was there like 3.30. Did you have a day job early. at this point? Huh? Did you have a day job at this no, point? No, I did have a day job. Okay. And, and, it, and it paid well. So it wasn't like, you know. I, I so did you take sh- off from work that day? Oh, I did, absolutely. I was like, oh, I'm sick. I got to go. And then at 2.30, I'm standing in the front of the fucking building. So I go up, and I sit down with Tim Sabian, and it, it's like, an hour and it's us sitting in two chairs and it is like the greatest conversation and we are clicking on every cylinder and he's like oh, thanks. here is what 
here is what I would like. I would like a way for us to log all of the tapes and log everything and then make productions out of it. If you can put together a plan for that, then I really like what you're saying. And I'm like, this is awesome. And I leave and I go home and I put, I work tirelessly to get this done. And I get a phone call. He's like, uh, you're going to have a phone call with Gary Delabate, a.k.a. Baba Bowie. Uh, tomorrow at 2 o'clock, are you cool with that? I'm like, oh, I'm fucking cool with it. So I, I call up my friend. I say, can I come down and sit in your conference room and have the call because I can't do it at work? So Baba Bowie calls, and he's like, hi, how are you doing? So tell me, tell me what, you, what you're looking <laughs> to do. So I go, well, here's the thing, Gary. I have this plan that I want to put together all of the logs of all the tapes that Tim said is necessary, and I start going through. He goes, oh, let me stop it right there. We already have that done. And I'm like, oh, come on, really? Like, so, you know, he told me to prepare something, and then it was already done. Yeah. So then he's like, you know what? But I like what else you have to say. And I went back, and I went back for four more interviews. <clears throat> and and then they call me, and I'm like, I, I, the next call, I have to have it. So he calls. He goes, guess it, hey, it's Tim again. We want to see you tomorrow morning, nine o'clock. All right. Fucking hey, this I got the job. I go there, and I'm sitting down. And a guy sits right next to me and goes, you here for the Stern job too? And I'm like, son of a bitch again. <laughs> so I walk in a room and I think it's just Tim. And it is everyone with the exception of Howard, Robin, and Fred that I know from that show. Wow. It's every uh, intern that you've seen on TV. It's every production guy. And they're all in a big room. And Tim starts yelling at me. He's like, oh, well, I got to know that if, uh, you know, the, it's a Labor Day weekend that you could do a special. And he's, I'm, I'm like, I can do it. I can. Ha-. And I, I'm, I'm being calm. And I leave. And long story short, the guy next to me got the job because he worked for VH1 and he had experience. Uh, but then Gary, Baba Booey, called me and said, you know what? Um, we thought you were funny. We thought you had great knowledge of the show. Would you like to do the Superfan Roundtable? And I said, sure, I'll do that. It was like my consolation prize. Meanwhile, I found out they paid a guy like $38,000 a year. I was like, eh. so, <laughs> so, so I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe the round table's better. So I wound up doing 22 super fan round tables. And every time we did one, I was like, I wish I could talk. I started to talk about something else because I got like, it was, you know, how things kind of move into another topic. Yeah. And as soon as you did, they would snap you right back on. No, talk about the show. Talk about, and that's the point. Like that's the job. Of it. So I was like, I want to start something on my own. Right. And that's how I started the podcast. Is the longest story. But now was Howard a, there for the Super Fan Roundtable? No, okay. never, never. He called in once, but he was never there for it. No. So you know the other people are on it. Sebastian Bach came on once. I have a great picture of me and Sebastian oh, wow. Bach. And you know different people walked in because they see at Sirius like they were walking around and they sit in. So it was fun and it was great. But I I only met Howard once for like two seconds. You know he's not a very he doesn't like to meet people. I don't blame him. <laughs> we don't He's like a people. Super celebrity, so. <laughs> right? So, um, so I wound up doing the podcast, <laughs> and uh, we came. We were looking for a name, and Franklin said the Glory Hole, and I just fucking laughed. And I'm like, that's so ridiculous. And we got to come up with something that goes with it. So I had the microphone coming out of the hole, <laughs> and you know what? As ridiculous as it was, it was enough that people saw it and was like, "What is this?" Yeah. And listened. And thankfully, I guess they liked what they heard enough. That we started to get a, a buzz and a following, and then I, you know, I, a friend of mine, Kevin Kraft, who at the time I didn't really know, worked for the Stern Show, and he listened to the show, and I was, and he emailed me, and he's like, "Hey, I'm thinking of starting my own show," and I was like, well, "Let's start a network," and that's how it started. And then we had two shows, and then three, and then I eventually 
partner with Bobby Kelly, Robert Kelly. Um, so did you, did you know Bobby before then? No. As a matter of fact, the Jersey Jerks, and they'll yell at me if I don't give them credit for this. <laughs> they always do. The Jersey Jerk Show, which is also on Riotcast, um, they knew Bobby. And Marco from the Jersey Jerks called and said, would you be interested in Bobby? And at the very same time, I sent an email to Jim Florentine asking him if he'd want to join. And Jim was like, I'll take a look at it. You know, Jim is right. And, but, never wrote me, but never wrote back or anything like that. Uh, and then I talked to Bobby and he's like, you know what? Let's try this. I'll, I'll do my podcast on your network. And I was like, awesome. And then I thought about it. I was like, wait, before you, we go any further, I did invite Jim Florentine before we spoke. Would that be a problem if Jim also said yes? I, and he's like, I wouldn't have a problem with it. And then 20 minutes later, Bobby called me back. Just a, just a testament to what kind of guy he is. Bobby calls me back and goes, I'm in, and Jim Florentine's in too. He wow. called Jim. So Jim's like, ah, it's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bunch yeah. of nerds. How many shows do you have on it now? 20. Wow. So it grew pretty, the network grew pretty quickly then. It's it like did. It seemed like in, within a few weeks' time, you had a network. Yeah. yeah. How, how long? It's, what, 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 it is the, like, what is the time span on that? Uh Five six years now, but okay. like the the last three is when it really started becoming something. Like we are, you know, this is the biggest network on the East Coast, hands down, no doubt about it. We can't, you know, the the Malcolm Aaron's and they're always going to be there, and Adam Carolla's. They started big, but as far as a network goes on the East Coast, there's no one bigger than we are. Wow. So you know, it's 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 nice, and and it's one of those things that I did not expect it. I still go I can't fucking believe this like I'll come home and I'll have four messages one will be Nick DiPaolo then it'll be Bobby Kelly then it'll be Jim Florentine and I'm like this is so fucking weird like, <laughs> now, you, you, know? seem, you seem yeah. like a bit of a, a comedy nerd fanboy so, yeah, so sure. what, what is that like having all these like icons just contacting they you they are all fucking crazy and they will tell you that too um, they are all crazy but it is very cool um you know, like, you know, I'm going to Nick DiPaolo's house and I'm setting up his equipment. And that's like, well, this is so weird, you know. And that this is so weird happens over and over and over again. Like, we just did Misery Loves Company, one of our podcasts, just did a live show uh, on stage. And they were like, do you want to come up for a few minutes with Bobby Kelly? I'm like, sure. And that's the first time I went on stage as somebody from Riotcast. And then I look at the bill and it's Robert Kelly... Dave Attell, uh, <laughs> fucking Anthony Cumia, Bobby Ke uh, and me. And I'm like, when does one of these kids just... <laughs> but it was fun. And it's like, it, I have these little pinch me moments throughout that make up for some of the grief that goes along with doing it because there is a lot of grief too. But those pinch me moments, like being here with you guys and being able to jam on some songs, like that makes it worth I'll, I'll have about three months of aggravation in the bank now before I need another moment to keep me going again well um, do you you're I mean for anybody who hasn't listened to Rob's show I, mean, I think a lot of Band Geek fans have because um, Jared's a regular on your show that's right uh, yeah I, by the way I, I should I should ask that question to you. you don't mind that I, I kind of stole I kind of stole him no you know what I honestly you can um, have him that's kind of no no, I was going to say something him. mean, but I'm not going to say something mean. <laughs> oh, um, me, and, me and Jared started no. the show together because um, he's better with the comedy than I am, and, and I, I'm better with the tech stuff. Mm -hmm. So it was a good pairing. But the problem is, as we pivoted more toward like just – because when we first started this, we wanted to be the nerdist. We wanted to just talk about you know comic books and movies and video games. 
But as but then when I, when I spoke to you about it, you were like, dude, what are you doing? Like, do you, you have to have a music show. Right. You know I mean? I mean, yeah. Because like, like, yeah. I was like, you're no, not wanna, funny, Richie. Yeah, I Play have, some music. It's like Jenna yeah. James is like, His I want to do a podcast and I want to talk about football. Right. You know? like, yeah. What? So when, when we started pivoting to music and, and it started getting more and more complicated, the stuff we were doing, like we started doing Yes and, and Genesis and, and ELP and all this like crazy stuff mm-hmm. um, and like whole sides of Beatle albums. Right. Um, <laughs> J- you know, Jared, awesome. who's you know who can sing and who can play kazoo, obviously, and who can you know do some percussion. It's like, what the hell am I gonna do? First of all, so, he plays the fuck out of a kazoo. That's he does. Right away. <laughs> so in I've a way, really like, never met anybody better on the kazoo. It's true. <laughs> no, it's None true. And Jared's awesome on the show, but there's there are times when we're doing things and and the show has to be able to move in those directions and be flexible enough to do that. Where Jared just can't contribute you know what i mean just because mm-hmm. just on merit of him not uh, his skill set is different than what we need so when he started doing your show i'm like you know what that's awesome because now he has a place where it's just perfect for his skill set you know what i mean it's it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a it's a better fit i'm not saying jared's a, your bad fit for this show no but you understand what i'm saying turned into exactly a parent teacher conference <laughs> no but jared you know really saying? needs to apply himself he shows self-control and if he shows he self-control um, he's not really doing good in social studies, but his math no, scores kind are of very what I, good. That's kind of what I heard in in Jarrett actually. And one of the thing, one of my favorite episodes of all the two hundreds and, and whatever it is that we've done so far is when you guys came on and we played Dungeons and Dragons. That was two years ago today, by two the way. Two years ago, the anniversary. Yeah. Thank so, you, right. Facebook. We need to get together for an anniversary every yeah. Thank you. Oh, I still this have a day. video from that I never posted. I'll but that time. was, and I still want to do that again. I want to do that in front of a fucking audience next time. But that's oh my god. Time. I don't know that that's good But idea. that was one of my f- and I love the times you guys came on and we jammed and I feel guilty because I turned you guys into my own fucking personal karaoke machine. Don't feel like, guilty. You know, like don't feel guilty. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I know. But um <laughs> but that was one of my favorite, favorite shows to this day because it was a little of everything. And you know, uh and that was one time that I got to see you guys in a different environment than without instruments, except for Andy, who of course killed me again. But, um, so like Jared, I thought it was real, and I was like, you know, I want I want to have Jared on at some point. And I actually asked Richie, I was like, do you mind if like I have Jared back from time to time? And he was like, no, of course not. Why would I care? No, I I'm, I'm really happy that. about that because I think he should be doing stuff like this. I mean, when I when we were kids, Jared was the performer. You know what I mean? He was more the performer than he was I the was. Fool. He was the fool. <laughs> no, he, he had all the he had all the good you know comedy parts in the plays you know what I mean he was just the guy that would get up on stage and he was the funny guy in, yeah. in, in every school we went to and you know and he did the whole second city thing and then he he sort of like you know okay this chapter of my life is done and he you know got a day job and that's and, and that's what happened and I was thinking I'm like, everybody, you know? yeah every, but I'm like you know what this kind of sucks because a lot of people will say okay you know what I have my day job but I'm still gonna like on the weekends I'm gonna do this or when I get home I'm gonna do a certain thing and I felt bad because he's so talented that he wasn't doing anything mm-hmm. and so we started doing the show to get him back into like you know being creative and it was I think it was good for you do you the, agree the funny thing was that I remember before you started brainstorming the idea of the podcast because you were like I'm listening to a lot of podcasts. We could do this. I could do this. Like, oh my god! That, that why don't we do a show? Actually we'll do a show. Happens. It'll be I'm me, you, and no idea how many people. <laughs> It'll be me, you, and Phil, and we'll just talk about like you know Batman and shit. But I remember way before that, I'd say maybe half a dozen times, you were like, "I'm going into the city. Going to be on the hold. You want to come with me? You'd probably have fun." And every single time you came, it was like, I have a fucking meeting in Queens. I have to be there at like 7 a.m. Like, I can't. Always Queens. Your, your vagina hurt every yeah. single time. Yeah. Yeah. Every single Queens. time I had sand in it. And, <laughs> and, and you know, and, and Richie would say, 
say that all the time too. I think he tried to p- point you off. No, and but he tried to point you off. Now you can't get rid of me. It's just you know. Now the whole Skype setup. N- knowing all. knowing him since we're you know ten, <laughs> yeah. whatever, right? Roughly, it's, it's like, it's you know I he gave, I give Jared a lot of credit because out of everybody he gave it a shot. Like he went to where you where you got go mm-hmm. to go to be a, a comedy actor. Fuck and yeah. He was in movies and he did all the classes. He did everything he had to do. And you know what? Sometimes. That shit doesn't happen. That shit doesn't happen to everybody. You know what I mean? It just didn't. And then he's, and he said, okay, I did it. And, and I, I give you like tons of respect for that. But after, after that whole experience, when you were like, nope, done, and you just shut it off, I got sad. You know what I mean? Like that made me really sad. Aww. And that's why that's why Aww. I'm glad you're doing this. And I'm even more Play glad that you're doing McLaughlin Rob's show. Right because that's, <laughs> that, no, but I feel like that plays more to your strengths than this. This, you're like, you're adapting yourself to fit me. For and that, that's just. a month. You yeah. too can take care of that. <laughs> All right, I'm done no, being sad no, now. No, but I, I, Kyle, one nine hundred. Okay, I know he's gonna be really mean to him later. So this is just to like glaze <laughs> no, no, over no, that see, a little I bit. I know, I know what you mean. I'll tell you why. Because I was in a band for a long time, and we played a lot of shows. And again, I was just like, I played a guitar, and and you know, we played CBGBs, and we played some great clubs, and and it was a lot of fun. And at the time, I'm doing it. I'm in my twenties, and like that's, I'm gonna fucking make it, you know. And but you don't. So. You know, there comes a point where you hit a certain age and like, what, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, and then you start going into regular life and you have a day job and all this shit. But the creative part of you just gets suffocated if you don't do something. If you don't do something, I would write screenplays. I would do whatever I could to shit out the creativity <laughs> in me to just keep it flowing. So when the podcast started, it was like, it was like, just, I was like, I was meant to do this. Many people will disagree, but I felt <laughs> I was meant to do. I like this is this is what I was meant to do. This is I love this so much, and as much as I love being with the band and doing all of that, like when I look back on it, I'm like, you know what? I listen back, I'm like, yeah, that's why we didn't make it because I fucking whined and you know. And, <laughs> but you know, but like you know, this is this is perfect for me because I can just be myself and I don't have to wear. And you guys do it too every single week, like you know. This part of the show where there's no music going on is this is you. Like we we had food upstairs and you guys were this. There was no <laughs> difference. And when you can get to that comfort level where you're this, whether you have a microphone on or off, that's when that's when you just like settle right in and you just enjoy it. Well, I I did I started this show when I contacted you initially when I had a day job and I felt like suffocated by it and I said I'm not doing anything I mean I'm playing gigs on the weekend but I'm playing yeah I'm so sorry that being in blue is a cult didn't scratch that itch for you <laughs> well but you know that's that's basically you're playing a, you know someone for else's music for me seeing blue is a cult was scratching me I'm just, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. No, but, you, but it's just like I, I got it wasn't even that it was just the, the whole grind of working five days then on the two days that most people have off, you're going and doing, you're traveling all the, those whole days. They're coming back and doing right. it again. Like I was ready to lose my mind. No, this sure. is that. That's a, I just would like to chime in here. That's a vast understatement. I have never seen you so stressed out, and I have no idea how you launched a podcast, mm-hmm. especially that it's still going at that point in your life. Because I'm sitting here like. This man has no free time. Like when when yeah. normal people are, are like, you know, oh, just watching TV. No, no, no. no. Comes home from work at seven o'clock. 
does the podcast until he falls asleep and wakes up and does it again and then flies out at 6 a.m. in the morning and then comes home, works on the podcast, rinse, repeat. I've never no, seen I, anybody I, I work like that in my life. because it made me feel normal. And, yeah. and I didn't feel normal when I was in the grind. And because and like as much as I wanted to just come home and watch television, th- that made it worse. Like the well, fact of course. That, the fact that I was like sitting on the couch and not making something, But I've never I seen really anybody not have downtime. For yeah, a year yeah. and a half, and you did not have any downtime. You had downtime. so long where you had not one day off. I still No, he went like, you went about nine time. months. <laughs> nine I months. Still don't have hey, let's talk about Andy. He's, <laughs> Andy, go ahead. Air your grievances, Andy. Go. Oh, no. I, I don't have any. How's that tambourine sound? Is that all right? Is it good? You got that there? Okay. All right. So. Just checking. Okay. What's wrong with you? Well, see, but you know, it's funny because we mentioned the comedians and I said they're all a little off and they'll agree with that. But especially going, you know, touring, that's being busy and at the same time not being fucking busy. So bizarre, so yeah. you're 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 going everywhere. It's, it's something that takes up your time but you're not But you're not fucking right. doing anything. So you get to yeah, you do sound check and you have the gig which even when I was in the band, the time from the second the show started till the second the show ended and maybe the 30-second high after that, that was the only part that I liked. And the studio, of course. That was the only part that I liked. Getting the fucking shit in the van. Getting to the show. It's, it's, it's not it 30 up. seconds after. It's 19 oh, no. minutes. I, <laughs> no, no, I always I, said I, It's that. a phenomenon. Yeah. What? The, the sphere of influence. I the, ru- the rush? What? No, when the show is done, mm. you have 19 minutes for people that, to give a shit about what you did. As, right. and, 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 and Why 19? It's, it's, it's just 19 minutes. And it's a sphere of... It's just called the sphere or the cone because the, the cone gets smaller as, as time goes on. So you can also call it the cone of influence. Really so only before, like the really know. nerdy guys are at the end of the cone at the end, right? Yes. So the like, 19th so hour. If, like for example, if you want to sign tits... That has to happen within minute one to four. Well, right? why do you okay. think so you I have Jared on so I can sign his tits after? Yeah, that yeah. Makes me feel if bad. you yes, it, it's the, and <laughs> sorry, so, but if you wait, but watch, like minute nineteen, like, we're like, oh, good show. That. Minute twenty, who the hell are you? Like no one, no, no one remembers. Yeah. No one remembers that twenty minutes ago you were on stage yeah. doing pelvic thrusts in their face. Fuck yeah. Right, but then you know, it, so it's the sphere or, or cone of influence. The cone of and influence. I didn't even have pants on, which made it really. <laughs> crazy. It's the it's the stuffed bear from the carnival theory. It's like you go to a carnival and you win the gigantic stuffed bear and everybody you're walking around the carnival and everybody's like, look at that guy won the the big gigantic stuffed bear. And then you go out to the parking lot and people are like, hey, cool, that guy won the bear. And then as you're driving home, you're like, what the fuck am I going to do with this? Thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's so true. And, and everything from, you know, the way it was back then, and I don't know if this is how it is now, but. There was intense pressure by the club owners for you to bring people. It was like, for some reason, it's never their responsibility. So you would show up and they'd be like, how many people are you bringing? All right, let me fucking load the amp in and just we'll talk about how many people I'm bringing. So, you know, all of those little things and lugging the shit together, I, I wound up stopping because the grief outweighed the rush and the grief outweighed the fun of of doing music and those those three guys I you know you you form a bond we we took a week off we were in a studio in Weehawken just for a week straight and recorded a full record and it was the greatest experience one of my favorite experiences of my life and we have video of it and all of the stuff but though that like I mentioned has to make up for all of the grief those those highs go away quick and then you're looking for it again. It's almost like a drug. Like you're yeah. looking for it again. And I've seen you guys on stage and, and like, you know, you guys did the, the live uh, band geek show 
which is part of the reason why I wanted to do some songs, so that next time when you say, what do you want to do? I'll be like, oh, the one I did on the show. <laughs> 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 but, I know yeah, you know it. Right, because hey, as it's happening, I'm like, man, like I watch you guys on stage, I'm like, I, I wish that I was up there doing it. I wish I was up there, as you can tell by me fucking bouncing around with a kazoo backwards in my mouth for like, <laughs> the last song. Like, you know, I, would, I just absolutely love that, and I missed it. So when I watch you guys do it, it's like a mixed reaction, because part of me is like, this is so fucking awesome, and the other part of me is, I, I want to be there too. I want to be up there too. Well, it, well it you're is, here now. It, well, right. So let's play true. a song. This is true. You we are 10 episodes away from 100. Ooh. So we might do something and of course you'll be included. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So I, we don't know what exactly what it's going to be. Um, I think though, I, I've, and, and you got me into this, I really like the streaming. Mm-hmm. I, re- I mean, it's just, the only problem with the streaming is that I can't make it as polished because I can't sit there and do a mix. I mean, yeah, but that's, you know, if you did it with like a live, are we thinking of doing a live show or? Yeah, no, but once like, in a blue, so is a live show. He's got a point. Like when we do a live show, it's not fixed and polished. No, but, uh, and uh, there's something different about having a live show in a room. Like it's okay. Because but, it's like, energy. When, when everything's direct injection into someone's ears mm-hmm. and it's not balanced properly, it, it sounds really bad. See, you know? I know where you're coming from. Like though. a board I, mix? I do get that. Yeah, I, yeah. Get, I get where you're coming from too. And, and you do, there is a standard that mm-hmm. you've set for yourself and you've done, you've boxed yourself into a corner, which is fine because it's a high standard and every mix that you do is phenomenal. And you, there's no way, if you did a live stream, like if it's on stage, mm-hmm. then yeah, then it doesn't, what, whatever then it is, gives it a is. fuck because yeah. it, it's raw and it is what it is. But I see what you mean. Like if you did that in here, yeah, and then you went back and listened. You would never be able to live with yourself if, if something was off. Well, and I'm did, like that too did, to a point. When we did the encore show, we did it that way. And I, but I pre pre EQ'd and compressed everything. I did it the best I could, and that sounded okay. I, I was kind of happy with that, you know. Mm. But I mean, for for a deal where everybody is going to be like we have guests coming in and there's gonna be setup changes, we can't do that here. We got to do it somewhere else. Right, right. So, but we'll, we're gonna you know bounce around ideas over we the next few time. weeks. We have a little time. Yeah, we have we have a bit of time. We have you know. Two. Yeah, I gotta be on stage. This has got to line up probably around like in the winter area, yeah. like Christmas area. It's mm-hmm. probably gonna be like twelve to fourteen weeks from now when we do it. So Christmas. Yeah. So That's Christmas. Three, That's your gestation period. Yeah. Give or, give or a take. Gestation yeah. period. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like if we got ten episodes, you right. say about. You know, a little more. Here's something fucked up. I never did a 200th episode because I said, you know what? I want to do something special and we're not ready. So I went from 199 to 201. I remember that. I'm at 248. I still haven't done the episode (laughs) yet. So at some point, I'm going to do it. Uh, I just don't know when. I assumed I missed it. No, it just never happened. (laughs) One thing I want to. You heard it. Tell me how it was because I wasn't. One th- another person who was instrumental in having this podcast be a reality is Rosalie Carlson, yes. uh, because she is a fan of your show, mm-hmm. and she connected us. Yeah. She, yeah, she emailed you and said you should have Richie Castellano on because yep. he just did this thing on YouTube, mm-hmm. and that's how I went on, and that was my first uh, podcast ever. It was your show? Yeah, I'll never, I'll never forget watching that Bohemian Rhapsody video, and I was like, Jesus Christ, this guy's fucking talented. <laughs> but it wasn't until you showed up. Another thing too, I didn't know you were in Blue Oyster Cult right away either. I asked you on before I even knew that, and she said yes, and he's in Blue Oyster Cult too. I was like, wow, that's well, there's there's my interview right there. I'm done. <laughs> so I don't have to think about that. Um, but you just came on, and every time you've come on, like you've upped the ante. So the first time it was just you and an acoustic. The second time was you and Anne Marie in an acoustic, and then you came with uh, Danny and Andy. Danny, Danny, Danny. Yeah, Danny, and then what? You know, Anne Marie, you you didn't see we actually had a studio until the Dungeons and Dragons show. Yeah, like you, you, we was a conference room. Yeah, it was a conference room we were playing in. Um, so yeah, every time that you came on, you brought more and more people, and and I got to know you better. But 
when you left, Chris and I had a conversation right away. I was like, man, that guy is fucking talented. Like, you know, and that was just you and an acoustic. Uh, so then, I, as he the, hates those things. My, I, I know. And as they the, sound look, he's awful. sneering. Look at he's yeah. grimacing. Grandpa's look at his face. Guitar. Everybody hey, look. Grandpa's hey, guitar. As the, as what the, did you say? Grandpa's guitar. Grandpa's. <laughs> and as the legend grew, so to speak, my fans absolutely fucking love you. And I get more when is Richie coming back on than I care to know and I feel like writing back Richie hates going out just like <laughs> I do and he's probably not going to come on for a while hey um, but why, why, why don't you pick up the grandpa's guitars and let's play a song alright it's a good idea Segway Sam back there <laughs> he's been trying so That's hard why he yeah, did a couple times. we've been talking a very long time I know I'm sorry I'm going to <laughs> alright um <laughs> Rob threw me for a loop today. Uh, oh, because he made you feel the feels. No, no, no. That's not why. Because I thought he was going to play guitar because I know Rob's the guitar player. Because when I've Skyped him, I saw he, you have a Rickenbacker on the wall. Yeah, just because it's on the wall doesn't mean I fucking play a while. <laughs> you said, also have an upright bass in your living room. Yeah, I can play that. Oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, but I played I guess, on the podcast. I saw that. Yeah, episode. I saw that face afterwards. I saw that face. Yeah, I, I, I said I was, up. I said I was going to sing two songs. It feels songs. like peanut butter, like dried peanut butter on the back of that neck. All right, pipe zone. <laughs> I, yeah, I said I was going to sing two songs, and I guess Richie thought I was going to play two, and maybe I should have made that clear. And then he's like, all right, so, you're gonna, so your guitar is going to go. I'm like, what? My what? <laughs> like, no, 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 no. My what now? <laughs> what now? Okay, so here's, here's a song I just learned. Mm. Um, okay. You, wanna... you, you were alive when this came out, right? So like, you, Holy you, you, you fuck. Heard this? From Amory, yes, the yes, junior I've been, member. I've been to a gig in the 90s. So, so this is fun well, fact. When this came out, 2000s? Fun fact. Oh, 90s. No, it was 90s. First song I ever played live on the guitar in front of anybody ever. Really? Ever. And, and you were so like eight? showing me up and there. I was, you played it on no, the guitar. I was like 12 or 13. There 13. Were... Yeah, we were. We it was were the all... East Harbor Coffee House. If you remember that, no. there are certain types. Really? <laughs> I really thought there was a different story coming out. Like this song, no. first time got felt up by a guy. And like, wow. like, Keep that that's shit my home. story. That's my, that's my story for this song. At, at first time I got felt up dance. by a guy. Was, was by most of our stories. <laughs> I, I somehow I put this on and put on silk pajamas. Because my voice is so whiny, I somehow have a knack for doing whiny English. Voices. It's one of the few. That's why I'm always doing. Like, so you are. I'll do the English voice. <laughs> why does he sound like Ron Weasley? No, 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 no. no, no. We're gonna do a fucking song now about one. It's a bunch of walls. The one I don't know what the fuck it means. All right, let's do this. <laughs>
have a story um that completely unrelated um which is which, but it's, it's about no, no but it's about noel gallagher oh. who's the guitar player and the, the writer of that song yes. right Thank, thanks um, for letting us know i was i was doing uh i went down a, a lightsaber rabbit hole on youtube <laughs> and i and I, I was watching um ewan mcgregor who played obi-wan kenobi who's the, the dreamiest actor there is and um but he loves gonna him. let that go i love you um <laughs> uh, and uh he said it, it was like 1997 or something, and he got invited to a house party at Noel Gallagher's. So he's there, and, and they're hanging out, and it's late, and they're all like trashed or whatever. And it was just announced that um, Ewan McGregor was going to play Obi-Wan Kenobi in The Phantom Menace. And Noel Gallagher went, you're Obi-Wan Kenobi? He goes, hold on. And he ran and got two lightsabers, right? <laughs> and he goes, you have to fight me now. And two <laughs> lightsabers in what year, though? Like the 90s. So That's he, so they were probably really expensive. Impressive. They were probably like really expensive. That's yeah. amazing. So, he, yeah. so Hugh McGregor said he had a lightsaber battle 
with Noel Gallagher in his garden until seven in the morning. And he it said was Noel was going at, going for it. It wasn't like just a tap tap he he he. It was like they, he was like dueling he was him like to Skyler, the death. Like our niece, like yeah, or my nephew. The like the look in her eyes of death, like the bloodlust, like man- cling on bloodlust. Now, that's why this is banky because I managed to connect. Oasis with Star Wars. <laughs> I actually, I back. Well okay. done, I, I sir. I think the subtext well here is that you're up late watching you and McGregor videos, but we no. can... Everyone knows that. That's All not the a secret, though. <laughs> I'm not embarrassed by this. But. No, it's fine. It's very hard to get into Noel Gallagher's house, though, because you have to climb over the Wonderwall. <laughs> oh. Oh. Thanks for I'm taking, I'm on multiple Jared. shows on this network, everyone. Not anymore. I'm going to take back my microphone and my camera. That's something else I want to talk about. Um... So, I know a lot of people, obviously, like you said, Riotcast is the biggest East Coast network, um, but you know there are some band geek fans who aren't aware of the other stuff, and when they listen to this stuff, they're like, what the hell kind of network yes, are you exactly, guys yeah. Did some guy just dump, dunk his balls into a toilet bowl, and <laughs> I thought I was going to see more jamming. <laughs> I know. Oh, well, this isn't what all podcasts are like? Yeah, well, because I, I have a lot of people who, who like reach out to me and say, like, oh, you know, I have a, an idea for a music podcast that I want to do. Can you hook me up with Riotcast? I'm like, no. I don't think you want to be on Riotcast. <laughs> I, said, wow. I said, I don't know why I'm on Riotcast. <laughs> so, what, like... I don't know why I am, and I own it. No, no, but that's a question I wanted to ask you, like, because I know you must get, like, dozens of submissions a week for oh, people God. who want to have shows on here. Yeah. So... Why the hell do you like our show? <laughs> well, I, I shouldn't even have to look what you, look what we just did a few minutes ago. Why would I even have to answer that question? But you know, it's because it's different. It's different than you know. There's a lot of music shows where they just will talk theory and not do any songs, or mm-hmm. they'll do. I mean, think about it. Name me another podcast that's a live fucking band. I'm sure now there are people doing it. Yeah, probably, <laughs> but I still don't know. About but you still can't name one. Yeah. And but you know what? Like, yeah, of course we started with comedy and, and talk, but I don't want to only be that, you know. So you know, we have uh, we had a sports show. Uh, you know, there's a you know, you guys do the music show. We have Weird Medicine, which is a medical show, but at the same time, but the common theme is it's a medical show, but they also make jokes and act like fools. And this is a music show. And then when you're not playing, you guys are making jokes and acting like fools. Like the True. common denominator is all still there, which right. is we're all a bunch of fools. Fool. <laughs> right, we're all a bunch of fools. Well, when I started the, the show, I was, I, I mean, I, I was sort of uptight about things. Like the first time I went on your show, you, you had this quiz you would do you ask people some pretty like Lips raunchy, questions, invasive yeah. questions, right, right, right. and I was like, "Dude, you can't ask me those questions." Right, right, I was like, right. "My mom's gonna listen to this." <laughs> and then, like, fast Your forward. Mom called to, me about that too. Yeah, yeah, fast forward two it. years, I have two adult film stars calling the show, talking about right, sixty right, nine. Right. I said, "Wow, well, I, I I sunk right to the level of right fast, like real fast." Right. Well, <laughs> no, no, no. There was nothing fast about that because you were uptight for at least the first year and a half. Right. Well, look, here's the wow. thing, and I told you this when you first started. You're like, "What do you think of?" I don't tell any of the shows that start, after they do their first show, they'll send it to me and they'll say, tell me what you think of my show. And I'll say, no. Wait until you've done 10 episodes. And then wait until you've done 20. Because the show is going to become what it's going to become, whether you like it or not. It's going to organically be what it is. So my show is completely fucking different than it was when it started. And it's going to be different another hundred later. That's the beauty of it is you're building a body of work. 
you can't look at it as one slice at a time. Right. If you do, number one, you'll drive yourself crazy and you'll be way too critical of each and every one. But once you start to think that you're building an entire body of work, because now I bet you think back and it's a blur. Like you, other than the last two that you did, you don't know what number 32 had versus number 36. And it's, I have to say, though, it's a lot easier once you have the body of work. Because once you once you've established like and, and figured out what the show is and what it is not, mm. and th- then you don't really care as much anymore. It's like the first few episodes, you're like, oh my god, I want people to listen to this so badly. It's got to be perfect, and you make yourself nuts. But then after you have like you said, ten episodes under your belt, you're like, there's ten episodes already. It's like we don't have to do the same. We did that already. Yeah. Like, we can do whatever we want now. And you, yeah. And when you don't care is yeah. when you do your best. Thing. Absolutely. But there's another piece of advice you gave me early on that I that I was very dismissive of, but ended up being like so right on the money. I couldn't believe it. Uh, I said, I want this to be an interview show. I want, because like my, I was really into the Nerdist ne- uh, back then. And every week the Nerdist has a different celebrity on. And I thought I was going to be able to get those kinds of people because of the access I have on the road. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'll sit down with this person. I'll sit down with that person. And, and every week I'll have another one. And you said, you shouldn't have any people on at the beginning. You should just do your your group. And I'm like, no, but that's not the kind of show I want. I want to have it. Just sit down with people and talk to people. And you said, no, you have to really get your show together without guests. I said, that's how the show once you once you have an actual show, then you can have guests and add something else. But until then, like you have to be an ensemble and work that way. And the, and it, the funny thing is, as Jarrett tells me, like some of the the most downloaded episodes are like when we just sit and talk, just us, no yep. guests, yeah. and and, right. and really no no songs. Like we'll sit there and, and no just plan, and we'll mm-hmm. just I mean, yeah, and we'll just talk. So that, that was that was get, right on the money, man. When you said that, yeah, it's and, and the only reason why I knew it is because I lived it. Um, and and I that was in my case, we didn't have a network behind us at the time. Right. I didn't have like because I can invite a guest on and say, "Hi, I'd love for you to come on our show." A, we tape at the Comedy Cellar in Manhattan. Right. B, we are the home of Robert Kelly, Jim Florentine, Rich. Uh, you know, all I didn't have any of that, so. I had this fear that a guest was going to walk in and go, what the fuck am I walking into? This is an office, you yeah, know? Right. So part of it was out of fear is that I was like, you know what? Let's just do us for a while until, you know, I feel comfortable asking guests. That wasn't the intention. But when I looked back on it, talking to you is I was like, you know what? I'm so glad I did that because mm-hmm. the first time we had a guest on, and I think the first guest was probably... Steve Banos, who uh, was uh, one of the writers on Freaks and Geeks, and he yep. played the teacher on it, and he's a cast member of ours now. But the first time, like, I was nervous, you know, and he walked in, and he was super cool, and it was an office. But, you know, as time's got, gone on, I had bigger and bigger guests on, and, and when you do, you better come correct. And that's everybody in the room needs to understand the pace and it needs and it's not even something you talk about you're like all right guys let's get our pace together it just they need to know when not to talk which is almost just as important as i'm going against that whole rule now but you need, it's just as important making a face it, it's just as are important. you looking at me <laughs> I'm sorry, so was that a question <laughs> uh one of us has two shows motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> But, but knowing not when not to talk and knowing when to listen is the hardest part because <laughs> everybody wants to get their line in. Right. 
And sometimes if your line's not going to work in the five seconds that window closes, you got to let it go. I've had great fucking lines that yeah. I, because the timing just wasn't right, it just had to drift away. Absolutely. And I'd listen back and go, oh, I wish I would have got to it first. So sometimes listening is the most important part. And you can't learn to listen until you've done 20 shows because in the beginning you're just thinking about what am I going to say right. versus how do I react to what he's saying. You know what a problem we had um, early on was? Um, now I feel like we ha- we self-edit ourselves. It, it, it's, it's, there's two things at work here. A, we're, we're better at what you just said. You know what I mean? Like uh, the pacing and, and not saying things we really shouldn't say. And also we give less of a shit about like what we do say. Right. But what, especially when we had guests on, sometimes they'd be like, you know, I just told this story. I, I really can't say that. You have to edit it out. Yeah. And so I'd be like, all right, because I don't want to make anybody. The, the thing about the show and what I tell all the guests is this is not a got you show. This is not like, oh, you just played that song like shit. Gotcha. Everybody's going to see it. And I always tell the guests, and you know, I I hope that our our listeners know this. Like sometimes we do a bunch of takes. You know, like sometimes you're not hearing the first take because I don't want the, the person here to feel like horrified when they yeah. leave. Like, what did I just do? Yeah. Making your guests comfortable is the most important thing. But that being said, there have been shows where like so, someone will go into this whole story, but then like at the end go, why did I just say that? Up, you know, to be released to the internet. But that means you're doing it right because that means they're comfortable enough to say it to you. That's so right. That means you're say, doing yeah. it right. And but I guess less I've of gotten that, that. But I've, the thing, the thing that would kill it with Jared is. Is during this this like awkward story, Jared would make an amazing joke, right? Which is great, right? And then the awkward story would be over, and, and, and but I have to cut that out, so I'd cut it out. And then for every fifteen he minutes for the rest of the show, Jared would do a callback to the joke he made <laughs> that made no sense. It, and, yeah. and then the whole show ended up looking like a jigsaw puzzle <laughs> on my Pro Tools session. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch, funny man. But let me guess, now you probably don't even bother editing, right? Well, now basically, like I try to tell people like. Look, feel be comfortable, but if you don't want to say something, don't say it. Like, please, yeah, everybody, yourself. everybody's see, gonna that, hear this. See, I would never say that. I would never say that. Like, that's that's just different, conflicting. Well, this is what I do. When a guest comes in and they sit down, you know, whether it be you know, like Jackie Martling, I just had on Jackie the Joke Man with you know Jarrett was on that show too, where he has bad riffs with Howard Stern and stuff. I don't say, can we talk about Howard Stern? Yeah. Can we talk about this? And you heard me say it. I say, is there anything you don't want to talk about? Is right. the first sentence out of my mouth. Right. And they'll almost always say, no. No. <laughs> and once you say that, they know that you're looking out for them. Because in a way that I am. Well, you know? I, I have a similar speech that I give to people. And I said, and, and it's like that, I want you to be comfortable and not nervous. And and don't worry if something's screwed up or if, if you want me to edit something. Like, we can do it. You know what I mean? Lately, we haven't had to do it, and I think because when people are starting to get into that area, now, a lot of the times, it seems like, like when I first started listening to your show, I'm like, oh, Rob just hangs out and and just talks to people, but then when I started doing my own show, I'm like, no, no, Rob is steering people in certain directions to A, make it entertaining, B, keep the audience in the loop on what's going on, Mm -hmm. and C, keep people away from fucking embarrassing themselves you know, no no i let them go no, yeah. but, no but still. Well, not the third one but the first two but you 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 won't let someone feel like a like just bomb on your show you know what i mean like you, you right. won't you, you're supporting them yeah you know absolutely. what i mean that's that's what i mean yeah and, and it's like that's you you there's only one you have to 
as the host, you have to represent the listener mm-hmm. because nobody else will. Everybody else is going to want to get their jokes in and they're going to want to kill and they're going to want to tell their stories and whatever it is. So as the host, it's your job to be the audience and it's your job to think, okay, the audience probably doesn't know what this is. And you'll see, hear me say it all the time, but, but, but let me set this up. Yeah. Let me just set this up real quick. Or for the, I'll say for those of you who have just started listening because yeah. there's a lot of that. And it tends to sometimes get to be like a boys club where you think everybody's listening knows all your in jokes. And I still make that mistake where I'm listening back. I'm like, fuck, I should have clarified that. And one of the biggest mistakes is listening back to your shit. Like, (laughs) but I do, I can't help it. Like when it's done, I want to listen back and and hear what it is. Um, But it's, it's just one of those things where you have to, you have to take the, the part of the audience and assume that, they know nothing every single week. New Assume that they don't know who Mr. PP is and they don't know who Andy is and they don't know any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't take a lot to set it up. It's just like, you know, and, you know, our longtime cast member Andy here, like you, all it needs is a little mention. And I'm more worried about in the beginning of, this, of, of the, the history of the show than I am now. In the beginning, it was like I probably over-explained every little thing, and I had my paper with my notes, and God forbid, <laughs> number four came up before I got to number two. <laughs> now, there's a piece of paper that I have there just in case shit drops dead. Right. I have a couple of things just in case, and then I say, let's go. So w- the biggest compliment you just said is it sounds like a bunch of people just bullshitting. But, I, but, but when you do it yourself, you know that's not the case. Right. You, can, you actually see... Mm-hmm. The person steering the conversation, and and it's a subtle way to do it. But I mean, what I was going to say is that as we have become more adept at that, the guests haven't been putting themselves in uh, tight situations with stories they shouldn't be telling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They they that, have you guys noticed that like less of that has been happening? Yeah. People have been like, oh, that story I told you well, got to take it you're, out. You're a lot more confident in the way you're steering things too. Mm-hmm. Like I think that has a lot to do sure. with you as a host because what you're like you said, steering them in certain directions, but it's not obvious. It's not like, well, let's talk about it. It's like, no, no, no. You, right. you, you kind of guide the conversation without forcing it down people's throats and, and it makes people feel a lot more comfortable because, comfortable because if you start being obvious about it, that's when people start getting weird and jittery right. and they start shutting down and clamming or up. Or oversharing. Or oversharing. Right. Yeah. I want to... Depending on how you react to nervous situations. <laughs> I wanted to touch on that for a second too, because you're saying it with like guests. Like if we yeah. have Casamon, if we have yeah. you know Bobby Rondinelli on or something like that, you're very careful with them yeah. because you don't want them to suck. In the same way, Rob does it too. It's like you have you know Mary Lynn Raxub on the on the show, or Judy Greer, or or Jackie, or you know whoever. You know you want to be protective of them. But even the first you know once or two you know first or second time that I was on the show. You came up to me. You said, "Do you want to be a guest? You know, be a guest." And I was like, "Oh, me and Richie." You're like, "No, just you." Mm-hmm. And right. And I did it. And the the moment that I realized that I was like, oh, I can be comfortable here. Um, I forget what the, the the Spanish guy who you used to have call in his very thick accent. Oh, Pedro. Yeah, Pedro. I love Pedro. I was like, um, how do you not know Pedro? But he was telling. I can't some- fucking get rid of this. Guy. I really can't. It's killing. Me. And it was the very first episode that I think I, I I called into, and he was telling some weird story. And he said, oh, "No, he, he was like a paradox," <laughs> and and. Chris went, a pair of dogs? <laughs> and he goes, he goes, no, 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 a paradox. And I went, oh, two dogs. And then I just saw Chris do the Richie laugh where he just completely silent, mouth agape, you know. Oh, so two dogs. Oh, two dogs. So two dogs. I got it. Because it was a pair of dogs. <laughs> and then, but that just made me feel comfortable. And then the next time it was just like, 
it, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. I, I sometimes I feel like I have a very reactive comedy where I'll comment on something else that goes on versus like leading a conversation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when I am on the whole, a lot of times, like they'll be talking about stuff and then I'll comment on it. Right. But it's also finding that place in there too. But the very first couple of times I'm like, I called Richie afterwards, I'm not going to lie, and I was like, they're really dirty on that show. <laughs> and I don't know if I, like, fit in there. Like, I, that's that's not me. But as I got more comfortable, and like you were saying before, earlier, you were like, you know, you were happy that I was able to do that show. And then after I did that, like, we called into to the Jersey Jerks once, and then, mm-hmm. you know, like, Marco sent me a Facebook message. He was like, you can come on our show anytime. Like, yeah. other people have reached out to me, and I was like, oh, so on Band Geek." Like, I get to be me and be my nerdy self and be who I am all the time. Not saying I'm not on the whole, but I get to flex, like, a little bit more of that dirty muscle. Sure. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's you know. Flex your dirty muscle. Flex the dirty you know, if muscle. You want to show I'm your getting dirty you muscle, a shirt that says, I'm about to flex my dirty muscle. <laughs> and we write this shit down. We're going to forget. I know what you mean. Right. But you know what I mean? Like, so it's a different kind of thing. So when my family is like, oh, I saw the other show. And they're like, you were on a, a different one, though? I saw you on some other show. It's like, yeah, don't listen to that one. <laughs> Like my nephews like watching Band Geek because they like. How old like, are your nephews? Well, nine and it's six. It's funny, my. <laughs> but then they see me some posted something else on Facebook and, and they want to know what it is. And my sister's like, we can't watch that one. See, but yeah, but that's one of the biggest misconceptions with my show, though, is it's not all that. Like, it's not all that, but it's but it's not until you're into it a couple of shows you realize, okay, this is kind of it. It is whatever it's it becomes. Raunchy. It is you know? that week, yeah, it's raunchy. But you know what? It's no different than if there were no microphones on here. I guarantee you, this conversation would be a little dirtier. A oh little. yeah. So it's not you know. There's nothing like I didn't set out to be. I have a filthy mouth. I curse all the time. I can't help it. I catch myself like the f word comes out of me like a machine gun, and I hear it, and I'm like, I, I, and I and I'm like, at one point I'm like, you know what? This is who I am. I, I don't care. And I've managed to surround myself with people who react to that in different ways. But I've always felt that that was my humor, too, the reactionary humor. And hosting, I don't get to do that as much until I got comfortable. And not only can I steer it, but now I can steer somebody in the part where, okay, let me set this up. And now I can react over and over and over again, you know, so... I, I, I know what you mean. But we, it, we it, had a little backlash uh, when we did the ooh. the adult film episode with Vicky Vett and Julia Jensen. Yeah, but why? Like, we, really? well, well, but you what know was what? the backlash? Our, I don't think. I think most of our our listeners were cool with it because they were like, because most people are like, yeah, people watch porn. It's not like a big dirty secret. It's like people watch it and and and, and that's the thing. And these are and also I gotta say. Those two girls were like the best interviews. Yeah. They like they were so good at it. It just like it's like no setup. Like they do this all day long. They're pros. They're entrepreneurs. Yeah. Every, look, everybody <laughs> has fucking sex. Everybody jerks off. Everybody has. Everybody has everybody a little. Everybody jerks off. Everybody. Sometimes. Why are we not doing that as the? <laughs> you feel you wanna touch yourself. All the time, <laughs> it feels so good.
Sometimes nothing comes out. Just a just a puff, a puff of smoke. Wait. Believe it or not, that just reminded me of a story. Oh, really? So last Sunday. And you're the and Richie's the only other person that knows. So there was an episode, I don't remember what episode it was. Rob starts telling a story. Hold on, hold on one second. Andy, click your sticks together. Edit point. Go. (laughs) Just in case. Rob is telling a story on the whole, and he starts describing a game on the Commodore 64 <laughs> yeah. yes. called Stroker. I know and Stroker. he's explaining it, and everybody is looking at him like he's insane. And I said, I didn't know anybody else knew about that game. <laughs> Richie wasn't allowed over to, to come over to my house anymore because I had that game, and his dad wouldn't let him come over. And Jarrett I, printed a, a, an ASCII version of a naked woman for me <laughs> with blocks on a Commodore, so blocks on a page. Right, and I brought it home, and he saw it, and he goes, "I don't want you going to Jared's house anymore." <laughs> but instantaneously, instant, he's he was like, "You know, you know that." I was like, "No, I had." I said, "My uncle had a computer. He gave us the computer, and it had all the the dirty games on it too." And within. A minute and a half, I sent you the screenshots yeah, and, and the music. And when he said, uh, he's like, like, and no one's ever noticed. So he's like, I know Stroke is 64. I looked in his eyes and in my head, I'm like, I'm hearing, you are here in war. And it was, it's this really terrible, like, Yeah, so let me, let me make this very clear. So it's a game where you had to move the joystick up and down, and you're stroking this dick, right? And the dick's getting bigger, and it's really primitive graphics. And you see a guy's face either smiling or frowning, depending on how you're doing it. But the one thing I never fucking noticed until Jared pointed it out was that the hand of the man was a different color than the dick. It was a dark dick. And I'm like, I've been playing a gay game. I don't know if two different people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. And he's wearing, what is he wearing? Like a Mater D outfit. <laughs> we made up like a whole backstory for that guy. <laughs> Yeah, so like that was one of that was like well, all right, you, you're definitely fitting, fitting in with this. That was, that was, that was your you complete me moment with the two of you guys. <laughs> but, oh, but you know man. these people who you know think that you know, uh, I, I I never understood it because every again everybody just but like every, in everybody's everybody has their own little perversions and their own little things and their own little demons and their own little skeletons and you know the people that listen to our show and respond to it are the people who are like yeah I have. It's like no different. Like, yeah, I play a musician. T- yeah, I play music too, and I want to learn it. It's just like, yeah, oh my God, I can't believe he said that. I do the same shit, or I've thought the same shit, or I, I just, know a guy who does that. I, yeah. I think, uh, like, with, with the, the internet, it's like, it's always the, the minority of the people are always like the loudest. Like, the people who are upset are usually a very small group of people, and, and they will shit on you the most. You know what I mean? So, like, with the with the Vicky Angelina show, like we got two negative contents uh, comments on YouTube, mm-hmm. and then coincidentally the video got flagged for uh, uh, you know because yeah, somebody uh, fucking reported a- it, age yeah. restriction. But I'm like, which is fine. Like I I I put a warning on it, like age restricted anyway. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like I I don't know. I guess most of the people liked it, and I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, just because they're like. They're the most famous guests we've had on this show. Yeah. Let me tell you a quick story about Vicky. Vicky came down to see us when we played in Florida. I'm so mad I wasn't there. And 
everybody was, t- and it's us and Casey and the Sunshine Band, right? <laughs> nice. <clears throat> Everybody backstage is flipping out that Vicky's there. The <laughs> entire local crew is lining up to take like That's awesome. there's like a meet and greet going on. People are lining up to take pictures with KC, <laughs> and and all everybody's flocking to Vicky. Can I get a quick pic? Can I get a quick pic? So it's like you know this is she's probably the most famous person we had on the show. Like really, the thing is though, like there are gonna be episodes you do enough. Like we're like you said, we're almost at a hundred. You know, yeah. right, you're at two thirty eight, thirty nine, two forty something. You know, like there's gonna be episodes where you don't want to listen to. Even the most famous, like you said, the the Mark Marins and the you know the you know the, the Nerdist and all that. Yeah, kind you're of not stuff. gonna love every episode. So if you right. saw those names yeah. and you're like, I don't know who that is, like you could skip it and then you realize like, oh, these are adult film stars. Like I don't want to listen to it. That's totally fine That's because okay. you have a yeah. hundred other episodes you can listen to. Right. So and you I apologize what? if I offended you, but like Jared. Just said it. you don't have to listen to that one. There's uh, there's a pl- there's plenty of other ones that aren't adult film. Yeah, firstly, related. number one, never fucking apologize <laughs> because you you do this show for one person. You do it for you. You do the show that you want to do for you. And if the people who love it will love it, and the people who don't can go fuck themselves because you're not <laughs> going to get Amen. the entire universe listening to your show. You should be so, a motivational speaker. You really should. Seriously. No, but it's great. true because you do. I do the show I want to do. Like I have invited. Like when I had Jackie on, I, I, that was a self-indulgent, and it was a great interview and everything. But that was self-indulgent. Hey, I grew up on Stern. I would love to have Jackie. I would love to say I had Jackie. I want to hear Jackie laughing on my show. That was amazing. And it, like little things like that. So do the show you want to do and fuck the people who have a problem with it. Because for every one person that says, I don't like this show, there's a new person that may have may like her yeah. and says, oh shit, let me check these people out. You're never going to keep everyone. I'm sure there's a lot of people who really like Vicky Bell. <laughs> yeah, you're like, never going to. There's go- a lot of people. Well, dude, it, dude fu- I've had people fuck plastic in front of me <laughs> on my show. It happened with another man holding it. So funny. <laughs> There is no coming back from that. <laughs> and I had two ways to do it. I could be embarrassed about it or I could fucking own it. So I yeah, owned well, it. I, I, at first, I wasn't going to do that show because I was like, they'll never go for this. Because like, like, we were talking about when me and Jared first started the show, it's like we had a list of all like theme shows and guests we wanted. And I put yeah. like porn on one of them. He's like, what do you mean porn? I was like, we got to get like a porn chick on the show. And, yeah. and we were both thinking like, that's never going to happen, right? And then when I met Vicky, I just like went for it, and, right. and it, it happened, and I couldn't believe it. Yep. And now the weird thing is, Vicky texts me all the time, and she and, and she's <laughs> she's just like she's a sweetheart. She's like one of the nicest people I know. She's awesome. Like she's like my friend now. Yeah, yeah. and like the, the stick- I can't I can't watch her videos in the same way anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel bad now. The flips, but oh, the- that's my friend. Don't do that to my <laughs> oh, friend. No, my what friend. are you doing to my friend? She's a nice lady. <laughs> that's where B comes out. <laughs> the flip side to that episode was after that happened because like we'll tag you know when the episodes go up we'll tag the videos and do whatever. So like you and me and Andy were tagged in the same tweets as Jelena and Vicky. And so those were going up, and then like my Twitter blew up yeah. the fastest it's I got, ever like, had. Three hundred new followers. <laughs> that see? But you they, see, though, but That's... it was weird. It was like like all anal liked your tweet. You know, like <laughs> barely <laughs> pregnant <laughs> follows you now. And I was like, oh, this, yeah. Yeah. That, that is a that quantitative thing. Yeah. That is not qualitative. Yeah, I'm just gonna happens. say that. Barely pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but going back to what you just said, and, and, and <laughs> that you mentioned Stern. <laughs> Amber needs to be alone right now. Stern said that a quote that I heard him say is, "Pick an opinion and stick to it." 
Mm-hmm. It's like that's how that's how you get listeners. Like like pick a pick a stance on something and don't deviate from that. And that's how that's how I will lose interest in a podcast that I listen to as a fan. Like when the person um, flip flops on something or or just basically doesn't stick to their guns and and just you know folds to 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 accommodate the guest that pisses me off. And 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 big podcasts like mm-hmm. major podcasts do this. It's and easy it's- to say that. Until you have the person in front of you, and then you realize that they're just a fucking nice human being. So I can I know what you mean. Like well, you know, uh, we, I, don't, you we shit don't really on shoot, somebody. We, we don't. Shit, we try not to shit on anybody here. But I mean, it like the like for example, I was talking about the adult thing. Like I was gung ho about doing it, and then I started like backing off from it. I said, you know, what? this is part of. You know us. Like mm-hmm. this is what we talk. Like you said, this is what me and Jarrett talk about. We went to a convention. Yeah. So <laughs> so it's like wh- why why like make this like lie about it? It's like no, this is not something we're into. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. screw that. Like this is so and it was ent- entertaining as hell. The whole, yeah. the whole and show, it exists but. in the world. I mean it, it, that exists. And it's not like she was having sex on the show. No. You know it exists in the world. And and you know the stigma, on especially like you know porn actresses. And I mean, look, that's what they do, mm-hmm. and they they're good at it. They make a fuckload of money, more so than any of us could ever fucking imagine to make. You know, and the fact that it's just some people just so uptight. The first thing you see when you come out of a vagina <laughs> is a naked tit. <laughs> but yet for some reason, there's this the stigma that you know, oh my god, the tits are out. Oh my god. So and and that's more in America than anywhere else. You know. Um, but who 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 cares if you have you know porn stars here and they do some porn star shit and again that's a stern thing yeah you know because he was like it wasn't like he orchestrated it the shit was happening whether he they were in front of him or not so he's like well it might as well happen here you but know? you you just mentioned something interesting that I want to go back to um you said guests that you've talked shit about and. Then you're confronted with them. Has that actually happened to you? Not that I've talked shit about, but I have had guests on that I maybe wasn't totally a fan of. I'll never say who, but like maybe that I wasn't totally a fan of, but it was a good opportunity for me to have the person on. Right. Um, and just because I wasn't a fan of their comedy, so to speak, it was one of the best interviews I ever did because as a person... They were fucking awesome. And as a natural, just organic conversation, they were funny as fuck. It's just the stand-up, I didn't really relate to it. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was funny. And you're like, all. why am I having this person on? But like, it's good for the show. Right. And I'll tell you but who then, it is when we're not recording. No, but, it's, that's okay. But, <laughs> I mean, it, it, that, but that's like a, a good general thing to talk right. about. I mean, I, I, I try not to... Like, we, like we, when we're going to get Jimmy Page on the show, right? right. <laughs> and you're going to tell him what you really think. No, we... Listen... We we don't really talk shit about people too much. I mean, we like the only person we ever really talked shit about was that wedding band in Florida <laughs> who put John Bon Jovi on the spot. Oh yeah. my fuck god, the, that was terrible. Guys. That was terrible. But Poor was, John, you, he was just like, oh, get the fuck away from me, please. <laughs> I saw that video; it was very painful. We, we talked about that for like an hour on the show. <laughs> yeah, I felt so bad for him. I've said it to both of you, and I and it, it's just a testament to, like you said, it sounds like. You know, when you listen to the hole that people are hanging out, when, you know, people listen to Band Geek, it just sounds, you know, they're just a happy to be a part of our conversation. You feel like you're hanging out in the same room. And I've said it to both of you, which is just like, I get to hang out with my friends on a weekly basis. I get to play music with them occasionally. And people on the internet don't hate me. So <laughs> I'm totally fine with that. 
Like, that's it. I'm not getting, you know, like people think I'm funny. I get messages and, and nice comments that are just like, oh, my God, I, I remember that movie or same, you know, stupid shit. But, yeah. It, it, people feel like, I mean, they are part of the conversation thanks to social media. Yeah. Like they can, as soon as they're done listening to the show, they can message you. And then a lot of times we'll give them a shout out, yeah. you know. Um, so I want to ask you some more questions about your show and your network, um, which I'm a fan of both. I listen to. I, I mean, should hope so, Your Honor. <laughs> yeah. Well, I listen to your show, but, but I, my favorite show now is the Thank Nick DiPaolo show. And yes. I, I think I'm just so impressed by how he can just talk by himself. Isn't it incredible? I, 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 don't, I don't know how he does it. I really don't. I couldn't do it. I've thought he, about it. I was like, I'll do a show by myself. I, I did one, and it was exhausting. And he does like four a week or something. It's just like... Yep. You know, and It's he, crazy. But yeah, because he, he has a premium model where... You know, he'll do the, the one show on Riotcast, and then he'll do three more because he's, he's very political, too. So he's, you know, he's topical, so he needs to stay on point. And, you know, he did radio for a long time uh, beforehand. And I, I was at the Gary Delabate book party, and I had just started my show and was just having an idea of a network. And I saw Nick DiPaolo, and he didn't know me from anybody. And I walked up to him, and I said, hey, Nick, uh, you know, you should do a show. I, I have a podcast. And he's like, no, but I, fuck that shit. Podcasts don't make any fucking money. <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck. Everybody, Mark Maron's the only one who's ever going to make money. It's a waste of my fucking time. So I was like, all right, no problem. And then I sent him a Facebook message a few days later. And I was like, Nick, I would love for you to, to reconsider. And I gave all my reasons. And he went back and forth with me and basically gave me a long, polite, no fucking way. Yeah. And I didn't talk to Nick for years and years again. And then he was on Bobby Kelly's show. And he started to get interested because it's getting popular yeah and bobby connected me with nick and i said you know nick i did talk to you about this like years and years ago and he didn't remember me at all <laughs> and he for the first 10 15 episodes he hated it he hated everything about it he hated telling people he had a podcast but now he fucking loves it and he's like this is my favorite part of my day man i go downstairs and i just fucking go off and and the Nick you hear on the radio is the Nick you hear off the radio. I have I told him I, I have I'm gonna save his voice messages. It's like boop, my fucking computer is not fucking working again. <laughs> what the fuck? Call me back. <laughs> Why the fuck do I do this? Fuck. Like, and that those are the messages I get. And I and that's him on the show. I listen to every episode of his show. I love him. He is no but- different than that. And that's the beauty of Nick is that. Nick is Nick whether there's somebody on the other end of the phone or not, you know, and uh, I just have always been a fan of him because he's just he's just straight up raw on what he says and uh, he'll tell it like it is and he doesn't give a shit. Um, so, you know, when Nick, when I went to Nick's house to set up his equipment, it was it was uh, one of those <laughs> pinch me moments for me. I'm like, this is so cool. And it's. It's really every week and a half he has a problem with the equipment, and I, I see I it going. And and every time it's it's like I, I have to get it because I know it's going to be equal parts funny and not. And Nick is, by the way, the, one of the few comedians that I can make belly laugh. Like really? for some reason, <laughs> I make a joke to some of the other guys, and aha, uh-huh, and that's it. Like yeah, 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 you're not funny. But Nick, for some reason, I can make him laugh. So as soon as Nick starts flipping out. I start making jokes, and he, he kind of breaks well, down. What I love about Nick's show is how secure he is in in himself. Like he'll say, "Hey, here's a here's a comedian I heard that has a really funny bit," and he'll play someone else's bit on his show. Yeah, because he's like, "This is funny." He doesn't this, care. And he'll say, "This person's funny." This person, it's he, that's and, respect. Yeah, that's and he'll even say, he'll, the craft. "Yeah," and he'll even say, "Like 
I don't get this person, but they're great. You know what I mean? And he'll he'll do that. Yeah. Like for example, Nick DiPaolo is a big right winger, and he loves John Stewart. Yes. Who's you know the 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 left wing king, and he just says he goes, I don't agree with him, but he's one of the most brilliant comics and one of the funniest guys on the planet. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, and I wish more people dealt with each other that way. Absolutely. It's like. I don't okay. I might not agree with your politics, but that's such a small part of who you are. Like, like, like you said, not everybody's gonna like everything about you, right? You know, and 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 I really like that about Nick DiPaolo because he's just like, oh yeah, I don't agree with this person, but they're awesome. You yeah, know what I, mean? I don't and, like. I don't share a lot of his views. Yeah. I've told him that we've had these debates. Like even on the phone, he calls me about one thing, and I'm like, yeah, what about yeah, fucking Hillary and all that. and then <laughs> and I bite. For a second, I bite, and when the second I bite, and then it becomes what the fuck, and he starts going. <laughs> on. But like, I'll get messages from him that are like this: "Boop, Rob, fucking Garage Band crashed again. I'm glad Steve Jobs is dead. Call me." <laughs> <laughs> so that. <laughs> So that, that is exactly, and there's no difference. He'll say it on the show too. He doesn't care. I like I like Nick DiPaolo for a long time. I used to watch his you know his comedy specials on TV. And And by the way, your theme song that you wrote for his for his show is also the the music in the special, and you're credited in his special. I don't know if you went back. Yeah, I saw that. I I had a sign release. You're so cool. Richie, by the way, Richie's so cool. Cool. Richie's written like theme songs for like you did it for for the whole you did it for Misery Loves Company you did yep. it for Nick DiPaolo yep. um, I did it for this <laughs> you did it for this is there another one I'm missing I think I that think might be that's it. it yeah so I mean like and he's like my go to for a theme song now so it's well, like hey how about, you you know what I'll do I'll get you the guy from Blue Eyes the Cult <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I know people who know that's people right. that's well I got to email Nick and, and like I'm a fan of his and doing and that was a real thrill for me doing his music. Um, cause, cause I'm like corresponding with him and I send him, I send him emails every once in a while. Like I invited him when we did our, uh, he sings on the show all the time, by yes. the way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and he sings nonstop throughout the show. Mm-hmm. So I told him, I said, Hey, we're doing a, a, a live band geek show. You should come down and maybe sing a song. Like, you know. He goes, I don't fucking sing. Right. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you sing all day. Like you sing for the entire hour of your show. Yeah. But you know, it's. I get it. Like Chris from my show was saying, uh, he was disappointed in the songs that I picked, and I'm like, why? He He's said disappointed because, in a lot he of says, your because life I know. He says I know you'll do those well. Oh. He's like, I thought if you were going to be with a bunch of musicians, you would want to go outside of your comfort zone. I'm like, that's exactly what I want to be in my comfort zone. <laughs> I'm like, why would I want to drift out of that? Like, song you know, selection is an art, and people don't realize that. I mean, yeah. people, people. Telling me, oh my God, Richard, you could sing anything. I'm like, no fucking way. Yeah. Yeah, uh, like only my, my, my he just only lets you hear the songs that he sings. Yeah, my right? instrument is so limited. Like, to, like I put it's my not. my it's phone not. on shuffle and I go through like, oh, uh, like I, for example, I heard "Crying" by Aerosmith today, mm-hmm. and like I would love to. That's like one of my favorite songs. That's I'd love to do that. Sing, and I started singing. I'm like, I can't sing this song <laughs> yeah. at all. I like, there's no part of my voice that will produce this sound. <laughs> you know right what I mean? There. You well, should try it right now. Go. <laughs> yes. This oh is my white. God. Tune that. Tune that. That, that everybody. Hurts you know you're really out of tune when I notice it's out of tune. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know it's out of tune. You get to play bass on it, then, Amory. Oh, Amory, pick up the bass. Stop, stop texting. No. Me. Why? It's so okay, heavy. Guess... But you know what? Last time, last time you did this to me, 
was when you made me sing like Aaron Neville, which I didn't, which I didn't know I could do until I just opened my mouth and did it. Hey, you want to play this with us, Andy? Yeah. I think Andy's sleeping. It's like B flat C F F G. Let's try this. This is terrible that we're doing this. One, two, three. When I was so broken hearted Love wasn't much of a friend of mine The tables have turned, yeah Cause me and them ways have parted That kind of love was a killing kind
She kept missing the D. Did you just say you kept missing the D? <laughs> kept missing the D. I'm, I'm just saying. Sorry. I had to say it twice. Let's, let's twice. play an actual good song now. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Yeah, we can't go wait, out wait. on that. Let's Speaking of comfort wait, zone. Wait, wait, wait. Brady yeah. has something to say. Is that your example of how you can't? Yeah, do I was just gonna say that. because yeah, that's offensive to all of us yeah, who actually know, really. can't do so that. Like, yeah, so I have, yeah, Richie doesn't get it. Like if it, if it's not in my whiny range, I wasn't gonna pick. It. Like there were two. One to wall was one. The one we're gonna do is another, which is a little Spoiler different. Alert. And then the third one was I was gonna do. I didn't even tell you about this. I was gonna do. Uh, I'm only sleeping by the Beatles because that's John Lennon again. You know, so like I can do that. Now you have to do it. By the way, oops. Early in the morning, lift my head. I'm still yawning when I'm in the middle of a dream. I stay in bed, float upstream. Please don't wake me, no, don't shake me, leave me where I am. I'm only sleeping. It's an E minor arpeggio. Oh. Up the octave. Oh. See, if he said that to me, I'd be like, what? Yeah, yeah, I was. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, like, uh, the, the British. song you were actually prepared it's just yeah so he's in that whiny like you know british like hey you do it well man so so do what you do and fucking do own things. that yeah, shit so fuck you chris you, fuck yeah chris. chris what the hell you good looking bastard <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, right, not that's a real dig on him huh? <laughs> you, 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 you're a handsome bastard. son of a bitch <laughs> oh, you're super attractive and you're married and yeah. have a child oh, fuck you you 11 inch dick asshole. <laughs> you fucking perfect hair, square jaw motherfucker. Fuck you. Oh, God. Yeah, I surrounded myself with a bunch of good looking guys. It's the worst, stupidest fucking thing ever. And, and hot girls. Yeah, I, oh, that's not a problem. <laughs> I, I can deal with that. <laughs> well, then, Mr. Pee Pee. The only right. guy that, that's that's less good looking than you, he put a mask on. Yeah, he balances it out, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. I should be one with the mask. <laughs> Remember when we were talking about how I didn't know how I fit in on that show? <laughs> not good looking, not a woman. I don't wear a mask. Uh, um, before we uh, we bring it on home, all the way home. All the way home. All the way home. Um, Take two. If you have to make a purchase on Amazon, please use our Amazon link because that helps us. And if you don't, you're a dick. So, <laughs> Before you do your Amazon shopping, go to riotcast.com slash bandgeek and hit the Amazon banner at the top of the page before you do your shopping. And then you do your shopping like normal, and a small percentage of your purchase goes to support our show, and we love it, and we love you for it. Yeah, and this so, shit ain't cheap. I'm yeah. looking around this room, man. This, this shit ain't cheap. And it, you'll notice if you see the videos, since we've started, I've been uh, working to upgrade the studio to being less shitty than it was when, when I first started doing this you see all those chairs? Yeah, see, we have nice chairs from Costco. Folding <laughs> chairs from Costco. <laughs> 
Jonathan Rhode Island. I'm still in the Wendy's chair. Thank you, Jonathan from Rhode Island for the lovely Costco's chair. And while you're on the website, Riotcast. Check out some other shows. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> check out all the great, like I said, check out all the great shows all at Ridecast.com. Well, actually, I wanted to ask you one last question. Um, aside from me, who is your favorite guest that you have had on the show? <laughs> well, you. You're actually up there, I got to say. Uh, yeah, just because you're here. You know what? It has nothing to do with comedy, believe it or not. Uh, my favorite guest, my favorite interview is Billy Hayes, uh, the movie Midnight Express. Um, where uh, an American tried to smuggle hashish into Turkey and got caught uh, and was put into a Turkish prison and escaped the prison. Um, that movie won Academy Awards. It's a, an intense fucking movie, and I had the real Billy Hayes on. Wow. And for two and a half hours, he told the entire story, and it was fucking riveting from beginning to end. And that is the moment where, when the show was over, on the way home, I'm like, I should really stop doing this because next week I'm going to go back to shaving ball jokes. <laughs> and this is like really the pinnacle. Of, so I, I've, had, I've had some great guests on, but that specific episode will always be something like I'm, I'm proud to say that I was a part of. And if you listen to it, like you, I remember uh, Leah Bonimo, who's one of our cast members. I always look at other members when somebody gets into a story and they start going for a while. I tend to look at them just to see, I always say be the audience member. Right, I tend yeah. to look at them and see are they reacting to this. And as he's telling the story of the escape, Leah is leaning forward on the couch, clutching her pillow and moving her legs like this. And I was like, this is, this is just as riveting to her as it is to me. Uh, so that episode, it's called Billy Hayes and the Midnight Express, I think. No comedy in it. There may be a couple of laughs in the beginning. The guy fucking almost cries like during it a couple Whoa. of times telling the story. And it's crazy. The escape, the whole fucking thing is like intense. Him getting caught taping his sheets to his chest and just wearing clothes and then finding out as he's getting on a plane that they're searching everyone walking onto the fucking plane. Like shit like that you cannot make up. And that's that's by far my favorite my favorite episode of it. What guest would you love to have on the show? Like, no, who, that's, who? I've thought about this all the time. <laughs> like if I could have one like I, I had to have a top ten at some point, but I mean I would have to have I I mean I would have to have McCartney. I mean that would be one of them for sure. I would, uh, I would want to have Woody Allen. I would want to have like there are certain people who, just you know, despite what Woody Allen's private life is, I've <laughs> always been a fan of his work. Um, but I don't know. I I think McCartney probably yeah. would be up there. I'm a tremendous Beatles fan, you know, and and you know, even when you posted that thing where it's like if you could time travel or you could use that Star Trek yeah, thing, yeah. where would you want to be? I would like I would want to be in Abbey Road watching them record an album. I think um, I think for, for us, I think I would love to have on Trevor Raven and I've said this online before. Mm-hmm. Um not and you know obviously McCartney, who's like one of my favorite musicians ever, would be awesome for the celebrity quotient. Mm-hmm. But the thing about like Trevor Rabin is I think for this show he would be amazing because he he does the whole process himself. Yeah. Like he composes he produces he plays and and he just does each of the he does each of those things like a hundred percent so i just think just for how rounded he is he would be an interesting interview so trevor raven i know you're not listening to this but if someone who <laughs> knows you Trevor are. Raven or knows how to get me in touch with him we we got to make this happen come on okay well you know did you have you looked up who his management is you know what i i contacted him when, when we were like 10 shows in um and I didn't hear back, but I think now that we're almost 100 shows in, we should try Dude, again. Dude, we have a beautiful studio 
in Manhattan that you can use for a show like well, that. What are you trying to say? This is not a beautiful studio? No, but what I'm trying to say is Trevor <laughs> Rabin could no, be kidding. in... The chances of him being in New York from time to time are a lot more than right. him being in Staten Island yeah. from time to time. So yeah, it's, it's, you want to make it as easy as possible for them. Yeah. Right, and, and you would say, true. we'll come to you. Like, yeah. I'll fucking yeah. pack shit up. I'll come to you. I'll right. come. Didn't that happen? Weren't you like in the same place at the same time or something? No, I, tr- I almost had Steve Morse on the show. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah and yeah, I... Yeah. I, it was all set up and ready to go um, because we were opening for Deep Purple and I talking to Steve's manager and talking to Steve's wife who was like his who was like his assistant on the road sort of and it was going to happen and it just didn't so then you try again though dude there have you been know, times I just where got, I, I've I, had guests that, that said no to me and I've gone back and I've gotten them I have to I, that's something I have to get over personally because I feel like if people don't because like, I've asked other people and they and like I can tell when I'm getting the blow off I'm like this person doesn't want to do this and, and I don't want to have someone on who doesn't want to do it like the people they won't show up if they don't want to do it nobody's going to come there and then not want to do it so you can, you you're it's like the fucking Wayne Gretzky you know uh, 100% of the shots you don't take don't go in the goal right so Fucking ask. What's going to happen? Trevor Raven's not going to carry a grudge and hate you for eternity. He'll either say I know, politely I, no. Th- or... But like I said, that's something I have to get over and I have to like work through. That's a, that's a problem that I'm having. That's not a problem that right. the show is having. That's a, that's a, a Richie mm-hmm. problem. You know what I mean? What you should also do is have someone else book the show for you instead of you. Yeah. Like Anne-Marie or somebody like that. Well, because it looks... Sounds more official. It does. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But you know what? The, it's 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 possible that if you have someone else that Sam has a sexy voice. She, she does. No, I don't. Actually, well, Brandy should book the show then. I'll book it. Hi, <laughs> this is Trevor. We'd love Hi, to Trevor. my name is Amory Castellano. Would you like to be on Band Geek? No, I'm not twelve. And here's a question, <laughs> and and I'm going to ask you this: Do you say that you are in Blue Oyster Cult when you ask them? Yes. Okay, so that alone. It's not like, hey, I'm some dude who's doing a show. I'm like, hey, I'm in a band that you know, and I would love to sit down with you. It it breaks down fifty walls what you have. None of us have that, you know. And it's not like you're using it. You just say, hi, I'm Richie. I'm you know, I'm a member of Blue Oyster Cult, and I would love to. I also do a, a music show, and I love to interview you when it's convenient for you, and that's it. Yeah, I just know like the way we've been doing it sort of organically is we do it and we put up the YouTube videos and people see it and they want to be part of it and they contact me. And that's like that's been working for me pretty well. But I, I if I want to take this to the next level, I have to break out of that comfort zone. Yes, and, and you're cheating You also have a pretty yourself. impressive roster at this point. Yeah, like like true. you have had a lot of people, very important people on your show. Mm-hmm. I think you can do this. Yeah, And you have the studio, dude. I'm telling you that studio, I mean, yeah, maybe you can't set this up there. Well, I, but uh, if well, it's an if interview. If it was Trevor Rabin, I would set this up there. You know yeah, what I mean? I would right. I would go I would break my chops for that. Like if, if we got someone of that caliber to, to, to come on not saying we haven't had guests of that caliber, it's just I happen to have had relationships with people like Cassim mm. and Danny and, and Bobby Rondinelli and, and Eric that they can come here and do it. But if somebody I don't have a relationship with and who might feel more comfortable just going to a place in Manhattan, then I would I would make it work. Right. Yeah, or you can do it in a in a rehearsal studio in, in the city. You know, because you never know. Trevor Raven might say yes to interviewing, but he might not say yes to playing. Right, which is a big there's a big difference there yeah. in the case of musicians. You know, there are times I ask you to come on, and then I feel bad that I'm asking you to bring your shit and play. 
Don't like, ever I, make him. Don't ever do, feel But bad. I do. Don't but it's feel just bad. me. Like I'm just kind of His projecting. His dad makes him do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You know what I mean? Like it's it's uh it's one of those things where. Like I, there's a couple guests I would love to have on musical guests too to just come in, do play a couple of songs on an acoustic and and just do an interview like that. But maybe I don't get all of that to happen. Maybe I just like I had Frank Bello from Anthrax on, yep. and that just happened. Like cool. I didn't expect him to come up. I was interviewing Brian Slagle from Metal Blade, mm-hmm. right, I to that. and he I comes up that. and he's like, "Hey, by the way, uh, Frank Bello from Anthrax wants to come up. Are you cool with that?" I'm like. <laughs> 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 and I felt bad because yeah. I was like so into that because I grew up on that shit. And and he came in and he was just a cool fucking dude. And you just don't know how these people are. Some people are weird. Some people are they're different than what you think they are. But you know, if I would have said, "Hey Frank, can you play some bass?" He probably were like, "Nah, it's, it's just fucking bullshit." It's what they're comfortable doing. I, I mean, I heard Trevor Rabin on another podcast, and it was terrible. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't terrible. It was just like the quality was shit. That's like going to get him on here. The audio quality was bad, and they were not they were asking him like bullshit questions. Do you send links, by the way? No, well, I haven't I haven't done it in a while. Like now, it's people I know. That's but I but we after the show we'll talk about maybe yeah. stepping this stuff yeah, up. Yeah, everybody else doesn't need to hear this fucking. Really yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's let's, let's play more music. Just what I'm waiting for. Just uh, threaten them. I want to thank our very special guest Rob Sprance, ah, yeah. founder of the Riot Cast Network and host of the whole. So everybody, yeah, thank stop. Rob. Follow him on Twitter and Facebook, and check out the whole. They're a ridiculously funny show, and thank Jarrett's you. on it. So there's your little, uh, you know, bridge from here to there. You know what? Yeah. You feel comfortable. Uh, on drums, Andy Escalise. Thank you. On percussion and kazoo, Jarrett Pressman. And Come listen to me flex my dirty muscle. Yeah. <laughs> on bass, Amory Castellano. It sounds like the, one of these nights. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I got nothing. I the got special nothing. lady in all of our lives, Brandy Bataxis. <laughs> I'm Richie Castellano. Thank you for listening. Yay! And uh, here's Rob kicking ass on some Billy Joel. Here we go. Well, I hope you kick ass. <laughs> <laughs> William Joel. William Joel William from Joel. Long Island. All right. Long Island.
chair I told you dirty jokes until you smile You were lonely for a man I said take me as I am Cause you might enjoy some madness for a while Now think of all the years you tried to find someone to satisfy you I might be as crazy as you say If I'm crazy then it's true That it's all because of you And you wouldn't want me any other